The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the importance and usage of video marketing. Joining us is Chris Savage, who is the CEO of Wistia, which makes marketing software, video series, and educational content based on the belief that anyone can use video to grow their business and brand. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Wistia is also a generous sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week, Chris and I have talked about making video content more accessible. And yesterday we talked about human-centric B2B content that resonates. Today we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about why social media's explosion is an opportunity for marketers. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with Chris Savage, the CEO of Wistia. Chris, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. We're back again. This is great. Always a pleasure. You know, we're going to have to do this on a more regular basis. You're a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. You actually have to come back next quarter. <laughs> but I'm excited to do another episode with you this week. We're talking a little bit today about the social media explosion. Things have kind of blown up when it comes to video in social. We've been hearing for years that the way to boost your ad performance is by going from you know a flat image to something that has sight, sound, and motion. And I don't think that's just an advertising phenomenon as well. So talk to me a little bit about what the social media explosion is as it exists today. I would say the biggest thing is that we've gone through a shift in the last four to five years where video has become the predominant currency that all of the social media platforms want. And as that shift has happened, what started was people taking highly professional created videos that they syndicated on these different platforms or that they put on YouTube so someone can find it. They put it on Twitter and got in front of their audience. To now what we're seeing is even the format has shifted. Like It's a kind of a big deal that we've gone from a horizontal landscape video to a vertical and also to a square <laughs> because the framing of every one of these videos matters and changes how close you are to the person's face if there's someone on screen talking. And all of that has just shifted dramatically. And when we talk about distractions, because there's been so many distractions over the years, you put something on YouTube, part of the beauty of it is there's related videos. You want to be one of those related videos so someone can discover your content. But if someone's watching your thing, you don't want them to leave and go to someone else's content. That was like one thing. Now on TikTok and on Reels, what we're talking about is like, if you don't engage someone in the first tenth of a second, they're gone. 
They just swipe up and they're on to the next one, the next one, the next one. And the entire algorithm is based on giving you a sampling of content, figuring out which types of things you engage with, building the profile for you, and then constantly updating that profile based on what you're interested in that moment. And you get into these little vortexes of content. We go, you can accidentally... I'll give you an example. I've accidentally gone deep on phishing accidents on my TikTok (laughs) stream where like all of these ridiculous, just like sharks entering to boats and people getting a squid attacking like a kayak. I don't know how this happened. It's not like I searched for this. And it's amongst all this other like business podcasty stuff. And it's just like a Humboldt squid attacking a kayak. And I didn't expect that. I would never have clicked on that, I don't think, on the related videos on YouTube. But I've gone into the vortex and now it's part of my profile. I see that. And so this has just changed dramatically how we, I think we need to think about the production of videos and also how we have to think about the repurposing. Because there's this huge opportunity with any long form piece of content to atomize it, break in pieces and put it into different channels and have people who are only going to engage with that content on that channel. But ultimately, you can build a big audience there and eventually the super fans will migrate to other places. It's all to me, it feels very, I'm going to throw out a term that's been used a lot, but like marketing like a media company. And the more you think like a media company and you think about the content as being a product the more you think, oh, I should syndicate this product to different places. I should promote this content different places. I should build audiences that are on rented land and I should build audiences on my own land. And all of this stuff is almost too much opportunity for folks to handle. It's very overwhelming. Well, I was just about to say that, you know, I think about five years ago and it was, where is video? Oh, you create videos, you're marketing on YouTube, or maybe you're putting some videos on Facebook back in the day. And now it's, Facebook, Instagram is no longer for pictures and there's the whole social media. The Kardashians are getting upset that Instagram is becoming more like TikTok. Obviously, TikTok is now a new thing. Snap with ephemeral video, half a decade and all of a sudden we've gone from one or two channels being video centric to every single social media channel is now about video. So how do you think about making that an opportunity, not a hassle for marketers? When you think about a content strategy, you want to think about what are the broad themes or what are the big anchor pieces of content that you can make? And then how can you repurpose that content across these different channels to experiment and learn where are those folks hanging out yet? And to your point from yesterday's podcast, some of these channels are more nascent, the growth channels like TikTok, and some of them are much more mature like LinkedIn. But really, it comes back to me for like, you want the anchor pieces that you can then atomize and repurpose in different ways. And then you can learn through that process of atomizing the content, where are the opportunities going to be where there's an overlap between what you want to talk about with your business and what people actually are ready to engage with in that channel. You know, one thing I probably should have asked you about yesterday when we were specifically talking about B2B, but I think it's relevant for this is it's not just static video. Yes, you can create long form content, record it in video, break it down in short form content and send it to every social media channel. There's also the notion of going live, right? Now we can stream on Twitch and TikTok and YouTube. How important is it to go live, right? I'm creating a podcast. Should I just be sending this conversation straight to the internet, not doing any editing and then chopping it up into short form? Or should you be recording, editing, and then pushing it out live in shorter formats? I think you should be doing both. There's times when it's going to make more sense for the content you're making that you should be pre-recording and editing and chopping it up. But we're also seeing a lot of people who will go live. I did this on my podcast where we did my podcast called Talking Too Loud. We did a live episode on LinkedIn. So we recorded it as exactly as we normally would record a podcast. 
but we had this like live element. So at the end, we're having questions coming in from the audience and incorporating that in. So anyone who watched a live had that experience. And then we edited it down a little bit and took out some of the things that didn't work. Or I literally said on the podcast, I was like, hey, everyone, you're tuning in live. If we screw something up, we're going to take a break. And we're going to keep going just like you would. So you're seeing how the sausage is made. No picking your nose on the podcast anymore. Yes. Then we took it and made the video version of it because some people watch just the video and we could syndicate the video on YouTube and other places. We made the audio version of it and then we made video clips to promote it. And so from one asset, we had a live event. We had a video podcast and an audio podcast and we had all the video clips that we put on all the different social channels that are designed to bring new people in and get them to engage with and to subscribe to the thing in the first place. Now, I'm going to go back to the original conversation we had, which is making video more accessible. Hypothetically, I'm going to just send this feed that we're recording and I'm going to live stream it and it's going to go to every social media channel and I'm going to get some eyeballs, but it's an unpolished piece of content. Hopefully people listen, enjoy. I'm going to package it up. I'm going to create it the podcast. I've already got a feed there. But now I have to do a fair amount of editing. I've got to create a supplement or sort of an incremental piece of content that I'm long form that I'm going to put on YouTube. And then I've got to create short forms that are in different lengths with different cuts for each social media channel. Again, expensive, time consuming. It's a lot of content, but how do you sort of balance the effort it takes to produce content in eight, 10, 12 different channels with the value that you get out of each channel? I'm going to go back to something that you said before, which is you have to figure out how to do it consistently. So you have to figure out which pieces of this you're going to be able to consistently do. And then you want to spike off different tests to evaluate before you build a system to follow up on those tests. The actual pot, like saying on the podcast example, I think the most important thing is however you're making that podcast, you have to keep doing that on whatever cadence it is. Daily, baby. Yeah. You get better <laughs> at pulling in guests. You get better at transitions, all those things. And like the show should be getting better and better and better as it goes. And as it resonates more with the audience, they should tell more folks. And like it should become, hopefully, you can grow at a similar rate from like a percentage basis. Then what you want to do is take tests and say, like, which one thing can we be putting our effort into right now where we can see how well does this resonate? on these different platforms. And I think an obvious one, B2B to start with is LinkedIn. There's a lot of demand there. It's also 16 by nine. If you have a Zoom recording, you can take it and you can edit it down just to the core piece and put it up there with some context. That's not that hard yet. And there's a lot of tools you can use to do that. In Wistia, we have editing that we just launched for this exact purpose because we're trying to save people time. And then as you learn which segments are working, you can start to say, okay, the ones that are working are the most emotional or the ones that are working are the ones with the most pithy tips or whatever the thing is. Then you can take it from that one channel and you can start to say, all right, it's going to be a lot more work to re-edit this in these different formats now and different crops and what have you. So then you can do that and try that for the different channels. And at some point, you're going to figure out like, am I using a freelance editor? Am I building macros? Like, What am I doing to solve this? But I wouldn't pre-scale it. I would do the work, do them as one-offs to prove it. And then once you've proven it, you can find a way to scale the process. We talked about the social media explosion. To me, the explosion is the number of places where you can put videos. And it is absolutely an opportunity for you to take the content and figure out where it's going to resonate. And I think that the trick here is you test. You have a hypothesis. You take the content you're already producing. You try to repurpose it. You try to put yourself in the places where you think that your audience is going to be consuming content. And you do it for a little while and you do it manually and you figure out if it works. 
And then you start to say, yep, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to build in process. And you continually move on to another and another and another channel until you've got this big syndication engine and audiences that are all over the place. And then your problem becomes syndicating those audience or sharing the audiences between multiple different channels. Maybe that's our topic for next quarter. But Chris, I appreciate you and Wistia's support of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for coming on and being our guest. Thanks for being our sponsor. Thanks for helping us out. Hey, thanks for having me. This was super fun. All right. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chris Savage, the CEO of Wistia. If you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is csavage, that's C-S-A-V-A-G-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is wistia.com, W-I-S-T-I-A.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.